Deep in the heart of Appalachia, guys set on a quest to create the greatest podcast. Uh, sorry, dude. I thought we agreed on the correct pronunciation of Appalachia. No, dude. We, we've talked about this. We've talked about this over and over and over. It's, it's pronounced Appalachia. Listen, freaking angels and the women got together. That's how we got Bigfoot. That's how we got vampires. That's why we got all of this stuff. These ancient Appalachian mountains that are literally older than bones. There's old entities here. You start finding out more about them, they start finding out more about you. Good Lord, sir. (laughs) This goose has gone rabbit. You think you're just going to run up with your little sword on the king of the goose squad? Listen, the old entities of Middle Appalachia are unexplainable. Mm. They are eerie. Breach. And they are one of these things that will keep us, the hill folks, and the people who live in the area constantly searching for answers. Mm that they probably will never, ever find. And this is why we love Appalachian Intelligence. Hey, y'all, and welcome back to Appalachian Intelligence. It's great to have you guys back. Uh, Your hosts with you, as always, Justin and Ryan. Producer Lance is here with us, and we've got a super interesting topic for you guys today. Today, fellas, we're talking about CERN. And we've talked about CERN here and there a couple times um, throughout doing the show. You know, we've talked about them in a few different episodes, talking about, you know, different things that they may fall in the same category as. So we just decided to, uh, to come together and do an entire episode on CERN, maybe more than one episode be honest with you because like ryan we before we start this whole thing because the way you two talk about cern the way you and lance talk about it uh you could you could go on for a year so this may be more than one episode and actually in the future what i would like to do um i'm reading a book right now on cern and i would like to see if if we could get the author on here because he goes into he goes into the science that follows along or that goes along with CERN really, really deeply. Um, the quantum level, you know, the quantum mechanics, uh, that whole field, this guy dives really, really deep into. So I would love to get him on here and just hear that side of it, because, of course, we're going to be jumping into a whole lot of things going on with CERN. I think Lance is going to open us up to talking a little bit about CERN, about the history um, you know, what they do there, some things like that. And then I'm sure we're going to be coming at you with the crazy pretty soon. And well, I say coming at you with the crazy, but it's not really crazy. It's just facts. And you can do with those facts as you will. Obviously, I believe a certain way about them, but you guys are allowed to believe however you want to believe. We're not here to, uh, we're not here to force opinions. We're just here to have conversations. So, Lance, you get down that you get down that quantum level. Not going to find uh, Paul Rudd and her hanging around somewhere. 
Yeah, that's exactly Ant-Man. right. You know, cheesy. I told Ryan today. It's a cheesy no joke. joke. It's cheap laughs. I'm here for it. cheap laughs. <laughs> hey, we agreed. I would tell the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I told Ryan early at work today. I said, "Look, if you want to know what's going on on the fringe of science and technology, just watch a Marvel movie. They've, I mean, they've got it all figured out. They're laying nope. it out there for you. You just have to, you just have to follow along." It's kind of interesting how Hollywood seems to know a lot of things like that and find a way to put them out there and call them entertainment. But that's probably another podcast, too. Not if it ties back to CERN. (laughs) I think it may. Uh, Probably uh, find a way. uh, Uh Uh-oh. Well, I think that kind of ties in with everything because I believe that Hollywood, well, that's a whole different episode. So... (laughs) I think they have to put certain things out there to be able, you know, for karmaic effect to be able to say, Hey, we told you so we put it there. You didn't do anything about it. So we're allowed to do it. Also an easy way to manipulate the populace too. But again, we're getting into things that we probably can talk about some other time. (laughs) Yeah. This, uh, this took a left turn quick. (laughs) (laughs) Quickly, super quick. I mean, you guys have been like, trigger happy for the CERN episode we, we're going to do this CERN episode we're doing the damn CERN episode but we're talking about we go off on a tangent about Hollywood this is why I'm moderating today <laughs> that was our agreement before the show folks I said listen you two could talk for years about this stuff all I know is what you guys told me so I'll just moderate and slip in a joke every once in a while That's it. Uh, I, uh, to the audience out there, if this episode, you know, if it's cutting out, it gets a little wonky here and there. Uh, there's crazy storms going through our area today. So the Wi-Fi all the way around has been a little hit or miss. So if if one of us gets kicked out or shut down or whatever, hopefully we all don't lose it at the same time and somebody can keep it going. <laughs> so. It's, 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 it's definitely CERN and silver iodide particles that pumped into the atmosphere around our area here to keep the start controlling the storms. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, we're on to you, CERN. Well, folks, now you know which way we're headed. So let's dive right in. And uh, Lance, I believe you're going to kick us off. Yeah, just a couple of quick dates. 67, 1967 was the CERN Commission's. Uh, one of the world's finest facilities for the study of short-lived nuclei. Um, they started the intersecting storage rings, which is first ever proton the proton collisions, which eventually was a precursor to the CERN colliding beam projects. That was in 1971. 1973, they had their bubble chamber, uh, which showed the existence of neutral currents, uh, which was a huge advancement in understanding particles and how they interact. Uh, 1978 experiments at CERN show how beam quality and intensity uh, can be improved uh, using something called the stochastic cooling technique, uh, enabling intense beams of antiprotons to be stored and accelerated. Uh, 1984, uh, Carlo Rubia, Simon van der Meer uh, received the Nobel Prize for Physics for their experimental work when they discovered the W boson and the Z boson in 1983. 1990, 
uh, CERN scientist Tim Berners-Lee invents the World Wide Web. Uh, that was not Al Gore. Uh, that was a CERN scientist. And I have a whole um, interesting, I think, t- idea on the development of the World Wide Web at CERN and how it has essentially shaped society since that point. But we'll get into that much later on. 1995, uh, low-energy anti-proton ray facility creates atoms of anti-hydrogen for the first time. Antimatter particles were brought together to complete the atoms, the very first creation of anti-hydrogen. That helps explain the universe's asymmetry between matter and antimatter. 1997, uh, significant significant financial contribution uh, to the LHC, the U.S., and now enters and becomes an observer at the CERN Council. Uh, in 2000, it was closed after running for 11 years to allow for the construction of the Large Hadron Collider in the same tunnel as um, the uh, Large Electron um, projector that was there. 2002, two CERN experiments create and trap thousands of atoms of antimatter in a cold state. Uh, shows that atoms are slow moving, can't exist for long enough to be studied before they meet ordinary matter uh, and annihilate it. From 03 to 08, uh, the assembly of the large hydrogen collider machine and its detector takes place. Uh, during this time period, a long number of milestones are achieved in a whole bunch of different fields electronics, cryogenics, magnetics, computing, superconductivity, engineering, uh, and, and infrastructure. 2004, the uh, enabling grids for eScience, which is the European project EGEE, is launched. It's coordinated by CERN and uh, financed by the European Commission and aims at setting up an infrastructure for a world computing grid uh, for science. 2006, and again, these are just some of the highlights. There's other things that took place here. These are kind of some of the, some of the big things. CERN uh, Control Center, which combines all the control rooms for the accelerators, the cryogenics and the technical infrastructure start operation. Uh, the Large Hadron Collider is being controlled, is controlled from there in 2008. Finally, the Large Hadron Collider starts up. Its experiments are expected to address questions such as what gives matter its mass, why nature prefers, prefers excuse me, matter to antimatter, and how matter evolved from the very first instance of the universe's existence nine days after it is switched on. Uh, the collider is shut down because it overheats due to the problems in the cable um, and connecting two cooling magnets and costs like almost $30 million to repair. Uh, 2010, uh, the collider sets new records as proton beams successfully circulate uh, the collider for the very first time. It's the highest energy uh, ever reached in the particle accelerator uh, and a very important step. Uh, on the way to start the research for the Hadron Collider. Four days is all it took for the LHC operations team at CERN to complete the transition from protons to lead ions, which is an important thing we'll come back to later. After extracting the final proton beam, uh, first collisions uh, were recorded on November the 7th, 2010. They also had the isolation of 38 atoms of anti-hydrogen, anti-hydrogen, excuse me, uh, 2012, 
it's running uh, with a certain beam energy. We won't get into the huge uh, scientific of that because that can get a little bit confusing, but running with the beam energy, so kind of optimizing a certain level to deliver the maximum amount of data. Uh, and in this point, they come up a particle that is consistent with the Higgs boson. Uh, the Atlas and the CMS experiments see strong indications for the presence of a new particle, which could be the Higgs boson uh, in the mass region of about 126 uh, giga electron, electron volts. Um, let's see... Higgs boson um, was officially, which is kind of the big thing. Uh, I don't remember the exact date off the top of my head. Justin, you remember when the Higgs boson was actually there? They found it. Or no, whatever. I do not. I'll have to look, let me look it up real quick. I should know that off the top of my head. But that's kind of the big, the latest big thing. Um, that has taken place at, at July 4th, 2012, um, verified the existence of uh, the Higgs boson, um, also known as referred to as the par- God particle, because that's what's said to be caused the Big Bang that created our universe many, many moons ago. Um, and then they, sh- uh, let's see, then they, I think they shut it down for a while, right, Justin? Not long after Yeah, that. they did. In the end. They recently. did. They shut it down. Um, they shut it down, let's see, in 2015 um, for for updates and upgrades for a while. And then they opened it back up. And they shut it down February 2013. Uh, opened it back up April the 5th, 2015. And then research was ran and, um, until June the 3rd, 2015. They shut it down for a little while. It's It's been kind of a constant shutdown for a little while and then open back up. It's been shut down for, I think, the last three or four years. 2018, up I think. Until, so last, yeah, 2018. The last time yeah. They sh- yeah, it's been shut down since 2018. Well, they just fired it back up recently within the last like couple weeks. That's why. Yeah, that's what I was important. Well, see the whole thing in in 2012. There, that's that was the whole. If y'all remember the whole Mayan calendar doomsday event. You know, the world end in 2012. You know, and and some people believe that it actually did, and they believe that it might have been the turn discovering. The, the when that happened. yeah, and the God particle they referred to it as that, but you know, on their end, it was anything. I mean, say all that obviously, again. say all that again, Justin. I said, when what part the media uh, push, yeah. I said when they when CERN actually named it the God particle for them it was more of a of a media push you know than than anything I believe just because it was a uh, you know obviously that's what they're trying to find is the origins of the universe but you know I mean in my opinion God made all particles so you know it is what it is anyway I want to throw in a couple numbers throughout that time okay. Those dates, Lance mentioned that nine days after it started up, they had to shut down for repair. Nine values of three, 
We know that it was $30 million to repair. Uh, the first LHC, the first research ran on LHC started on March the 30th, 2010. You take those, you put them in uh, order, and you start adding them up. March the 30th is three, three, zero, zero has no value. 2010, two, zero, one, zero, that's three. So you have three, three, three when it opened up and started the initial research on the LHC. Um, it went to the 13th of or February the 13th, 2013. So if you take that, you have two, one, three, that's a value of six. And then 2013, two, zero, one, and three, that's a value of six, all divisible again by three. And we know how threes and sixes work on that. Um, and then they shut it down then. And then when the test collisions restarted in 2015, they started up on April the 5th, four, five, you know, that's nine. And then they commenced on schedule and ran till June the 3rd, six, three, that's nine. So just throwing out a little numerological dates there. You guys can do with that what you want to, but. Uh, that's a lot of crazy math, brother. Yeah. That's a. <laughs> I feel, like Jim, I, feel like, I feel like Jim Carrey. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm saying, I'm just like saying. 2010 I'm just saying. equals three. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's just addition values. Addition values here, okay? The way you're looking at it. But, no, that's some of that history. You know, it's – look. All right. I'm jumping in here really early on with a whole lot of crazy because I feel like a whole lot of crazy is going to take over. Ryan, I was I was going to at least try to filter some, but apparently we are not. No, no, no. It's no odds bar. We're we're not filtering anything. We're not filtering nothing. Well, I tell you what, what, what. And before we all, before you guys take off, I told Justin my theory is. It's just a bunch of scientists playing a joke on the world and everybody's buying it. <laughs> I don't know if you've watched any of these interviews these physicists do. They're not exactly like Dave Chappelle and Bill Burr. Okay. They're all in not on Not exactly. <laughs> They're all in on That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. So let's get down to the real stuff. <clears throat> all right so as we start up here as we start up lance you got anything else you want to go before i get into the crazy nope. i'll let you go i'll let you know nope. no nope. go right ahead i'll just interject as i feel need good great wonderful so we went That's through some this relationship history. has worked 20 years anyways so. <laughs> why stop now why stop now why stop now sometimes you just gotta let me go <laughs> You gotta, you gotta let the peacock spread its wings. <laughs> or peacock. Okay, so as we're jumping in here, I don't even really know where to get started. I have so much going on in what my do you brain think, right now. What do you think? What is your number one theory on what is happening at CERN? Well, I've already said that on the show, and I believe to get into the meat of that theory, my theory is I believe that. Okay, before I get into any of this, 
let me put it out there and state for the record that I believe that 99.5% probably of the scientists at CERN, that's exactly what they're doing is science. They, they are taking their knowledge and their years of research and expertise and those huge gigantic brains of theirs. And they're really trying to do good. Okay. But like with all big organizations, corporations, nations, whatever you want to, I believe that gets corrupted. And I believe that there is an upper echelon of people there. And it may not even be the scientists. It may be people that are making decisions and and passing things down. But I believe that there's an upper echelon there that has bigger ideas. Okay. And I believe that CERN is trying to get to that quantum, that quantum level in an attempt to open a portal, go into and be able to communicate and travel to other dimensions. Um, and ultimately the fallen angels that were restrained and cast into the abyss to be able to free them, get in contact with and worship those things. Okay. And as I say that, just to, to throw a little bit of, of credence to that, the, um, Director for Research and Scientific Computing at CERN, Sergio Bertolucci, a statement that he made in one of his interviews was, out of this door might come something or we might send something through it. Okay, that was a a statement that he had made at one point. Um, You know, we we talked about if, if we're diving straight into that, we talked about. Or I say we talk, we've we've talked about it before, but. Uh, the, the temple to Apollo is three kilometers away from CERN. Now, everybody will say, well, that's just total coincidence. You know, there's, there's nothing to that. They also have a giant statue of Shiva upon entrance. And the, the statue is Shiva is in doing this cosmic dance. You know, Shiva was the, the god of creation and destruction. You know, a goddess of the, of the underworld. Uh, which you know could be looked at as as the abyss, uh, but the 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 temple to Apollo, if you look at it in Revelation chapter nine, and not going into all, all of it, but in verse eleven, okay, well, I'll just read it. Uh, this is the ESV version. And the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star falling from heaven to earth. And some translation, that's angel. And he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. He opened the shaft of the bottomless pit, of the bottomless pit, and from the shaft rose smoke like the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened with the smoke from the shaft. Then from the smoke came locusts on the earth, and they were given power like the power of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass or the earth or any green plant or any tree, but only those people who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. 
They were allowed to torment them for five months, but not to kill them. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings someone. And then in those days, people will seek death and will not find it. They will long to death from them. In appearance, the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. And then just going over them, the angel of the bottomless pit, his name Hebrew is Apollyon, and in Greek, he is called Apollyon, which can also be translated as Apollo. So for diving straight into that side of it, and I'm not saying that is for a fact, you know, this is what they're doing, but I'm saying that's a theory that's out there and something that I've thought about and not saying that CERN is absolutely intentionally you know, doing, you know, all the people there or whatever, but just throwing that out as a theory, we have a temple to Apollo. We have, you know, them talking about going to be these, this quantum side of this and, and going into the different dimensions and opening these portals and talking about going through and coming back. It makes you think I mean, it's enough to make you think. Yeah. For sure. <clears throat> I um, I don't know if I'm on that gravy boat or not, but uh, it could be. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I've never been there. I do I know. Mean, I know that was a, I mean, are you thinking like the, the fifth seal? Is that what you're? Yes. Right. So are you thinking that that is the way in which the fifth seal is going to be opened on the earth is through CERN? Or do you think they are trying well, to open that seal early? I think that when it happens, it will still happen in God's timing, if that makes sense. And by that, I mean, okay, you got to look at, and here's another kind of just a, a different take on it, but you got to look at the Tower of Babel. Okay. We've talked about Nimrod a few times on here. We've talked about how he was, there was a good chance that he was a Nephilim, uh, the technology that he possibly may have had. <clears throat> and if you take, you know, we know the Tower of Babel that God, Got, got angry with those people that were constructing the tower. He cast them to all, you know, all around the earth, gave them different languages. They couldn't communicate with each other. You know, we, we know that story. But if you take the word Babel and you go back to Hebrew, okay, El, you take the L, we know that means gods. Bab means gateway. Translation is gateway. Oh. So, what if this Tower of Babel way, way, way back then was another way? Because if I'm not mistaken in scripture, it was talking about the Tower of Babel was a way to get to God. Well, what if it wasn't talking about the utmost, the almighty? What if it was talking about one of these other small deeds? Well, if we were talking about Abaddon, <clears throat> so... With that, God gets angry, scatters them. So literally, Babel, if you go back in Hebrew, the gateway of the gods. Well, what could a gateway of the gods be? Could be a portal. Could be a, a way to 
cross over into a different dimension. So if this theory was to come to fruition, I believe that it would still be in God's timing. Okay. That you have, you have this organization, you have these people, they're wanting to contact these other gods, let them have them. It's time. That's my thinking on that. Okay. <clears throat> Thoughts? I don't think. May I, I completely and entirely uh, understand what you're saying? I get it. Like, but I don't think that CERN right now has the same. What's a good way to put this without being too condescending? I don't think it has that much biblical credence behind what it's trying to do right now, as far as them trying to raise the Nephilim, get the technology that they had to do their superhuman genetic processes to incorporate demonic DNA into Earth as we know it. I don't think that's what's going on. I, I like thinking about that. And I like saying that oh, freaking they got the freaking Nephilim down there. I think that's a really cool concept in theory to think about. But I think CERN is, and this is just me, and you, I think CERN is the new aged Area 51. Um, when all that stuff went down in Roswell in the 50s or 40s, 50s, whatever it was, like people were able to take Area 51 and apply any theory to anything that they couldn't explain or wanted to have some interesting conversations about and say, hey, I bet this is at Area 51. And then you could attach anything you wanted to to it. Right. And nobody could technically say you're wrong. Nobody could technically say well, you're right. And you could always say the government's hiding something. Right. That's an easy thing for us to do. Um, the hiding stuff from us. And, and I fully think that they are. I'm not saying that they're not. I think that they are. I just think that we're able to attach pretty fantastical ideas a lot of times, which is fun. And we should to corporations or entities or CERN, Area 51, who lost us, and so on and so forth. Um, that, Ryan, I'll just, I'll just keep going with my, with my thought here. Yeah, man. Um, that I think that what CERN is trying to do, um, I think is biblical in its context, but I don't think, I think we're giving, I think we're giving them way too much credit as far as them trying to be like God or figure out the things of God. That makes sense, Ron. Yeah, I kind of agree with that also because I don't think that uh, I can't speak for all of them, but I would I would assume the majority of them would be agnostic, atheist, whatever. To me, naming it the God particle to prove the Big Bang theory is like a 
strike towards creationists. Exactly. So, so what, and that was kind of my point. I think that them there's there's a, a multitude of nefarious things I think that are going on at CERN, um, and I think that it is at its at its core, right at its foundation. I think there's evil there, and that's probably what's kind of driving it. And I think just by taking the one instance of them finding the Higgs boson, labeling it the God particle, I, I bet, like you said, that's a pretty good slap in the face to creationists, to you know, biblical thinking people. Like, there's no way we, we found the particle that started the Big Bang. Right? I, I think that. So, with that happening, I think at its core, there's some evil going on there, right? And I think that, like you said more than 90% of the people that work there are probably, you know, have no, th- their faith is in science, right? That, that's their God. Science is their God. That's what they think is, you know, how things happen. Okay. What I do think CERN is probably trying to do now, part of me wants the Nephilim to be caged up down there in the bottom of the hole. Uh, part of me wants that. I just, I, I don't know why part of me wants that to be the case. Um, but I think they're actually trying to do, um, is they are trying to explain things on a quantum level that we can't really quite process and understand, right? Because when we get to biblical creation and how God created things in Genesis, like he didn't just say, let there be plants and there was plants, right? He spoke the words, you know, let there be, but in, the, in that speaking, he also allowed the processes of life to happen to, right? So we all know that this is a really simple explanation. We all know that plants go through photosynthesis, right? They capture sunlight. They take that sunlight, turn into glucose. They use that glucose for energy. Um, they take the carbon dioxide in as well, and then they push off oxygen, right? That, that's the process of photosynthesis. And when God said, let there be plants coming, he spoke that into existence as well. So we don't think of creation as far as from a biblical standpoint, a lot of times, I mean, we don't think of it from the actual processes that take place, right? Magnetism, gravity, inertia, speed, force, all those things are what creation happened in those six days in the Genesis account as we, or as I believe it as a creationist, right? A younger person. Okay. What I think to tie this in, what I think CERN is trying to do is they are trying to explain what those processes, right? Explain how magnetism works, explain how gravity works, explain how creation happened, explain how mass and matter can have matter, right? And explain, if you can get to where you can explain to people that and prove it through science, then you are then now explaining to people what God did at creation. And then when you can explain what God did, you completely take the supernatural ability out of it. Right? So as a Christian who believes in the Genesis account, young earth account, I take those verses, I take those six days of creation and say, God created, he said, let there be light. And there was light. Now in that process of him saying, let there be light. He was also, put in uh, the, the the wavelengths and the frequencies as the different colors as our as our irises capture those different colors um the way our heat transfers to the earth um that was in that process when he created the sun all those things were there he spoke those things into existence there's a lot of other parts that go into that right i think cern is trying to get to where they can capture those things capture those moments capture those events quantify them 
put them on a computer, put them on data to them, explain them to the common person to remove the supernatural account of creation. That's where I think the nefarious evilness is coming from. Now, to be fair, <laughs> to them, it's not nefarious and evil. It's just their belief. That exactly, right? But when I, but my, yeah, you're, I, and I completely agree with you, right? Yeah. But when we talk about all the other crazy things that, we, that come along with it from the general populace, right? From the general population of people, the things that we see they're doing, like, this is this this is, this is really good or this can't be very good because they're trying to essentially break down what they're trying to scientifically quantify what I think is faith. Right? If you can quantify faith, then you, once you quantify something and you can you can adjust those quantifications of it, show me how it happens, put the numbers to it, then you break down my faith. Right? That's where I think that's where I, now, I don't think right, I don't think they will do it. Right? I, I don't think they can. I don't think we we will never be able to get to that level of thinking. We can't. We we have imperfect bodies, imperfect brains. We don't think like God does. But I think that's what they're trying to do. No, I do agree with that. I agree with everything that you're saying there, as far as actually what they're doing with smashing the particles together. And the only counter that I would have, I don't have a counter at all for anything that you said. But it's kind of in defense and what I'll say, yeah, of course, I'm speaking from a biblical standpoint and reading from Scripture. And that's Bible prophecy. I mean, you know, if, if you believe the Bible and the book of Revelation, that's prophecy. And just because that's our understanding of this and our viewpoint and worldview of it. The Greeks that worshiped Apollo, they weren't Christian, but we're still talking about Apollo or Apollyon. You know, these the Hindus that worshipped Shiva, you know, they weren't Christian. They're not going from a biblical standpoint. They're worshiping gods and worshiping deities based on their belief system and their viewpoint. But I feel like those gods and deities are these fallen angels, these demons, these that's the that's the angle that I'm going to with that. Like, I don't necessarily believe that they're taking it from a biblical standpoint and saying, oh, yeah, this is exactly what we're doing. We're we're, you know, going to take this Nephilim DNA and do all this different stuff. No, I believe that they are um, outwardly looking to communicate with these these other beings, these old gods, these deities that are there. They've got little hints from, and they're trying to communicate with those. You have Google. Google talks about their quantum computers and how they operate in different dimensions. And they literally refer to as communicating with the old ones. I mean, what? <laughs> you're, 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 you're getting information from the old ones. So that's the only thing that I'm saying there. Of course, I'm looking at it and bringing it from a biblical worldview because that's my worldview. But you can throw it into any any belief system or, or worldview there, and that's the only thing that I'm saying there is in that trying to communicate with and go toward, you know, if you go all the way back to the beginnings, you know, this knowledge is coming from somewhere. 
That's all I'm saying there. But I agree with everything that you were saying right there. Everything. But and I and I, I mean, again, I'm, I'm not in, in no way am I trying to argue with you. My question is, if the old knowledge is there, right? And and we, we can go through all the different. I have a mosquito flying around here. Sorry. Um, we can go through all the different old gods that cause, you know, have had influence. Whenever, like, my thing is, whenever the devil or the demons or Lucifer or Satan, whoever, wanted to show up and possess somebody or cause some problems, they just do. Like, they don't need some giant corporation or organization reaching out to them and trying to get information, right? When somebody gets demon possessed, they just get demon. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't, we don't need, (laughs) we don't have the power to say, Hey, Mr. Demon, you know what I'm saying? Like when he wants to do that, they, they do that. Right. I mean, there's, yeah, we know Ouija boards and, and, and other things we can to kind of conjure those things up, but like they don't need us to, attack or they use us when they want to use us right i'm not you understand what i'm saying so like what good does it do cern knowingly or unknowingly or google or apple or jim bob up there in west virginia with his seance creatures what good does it do for us to try to reach out to those things when they can kind of like satan and his demons have a lot more power than we do they have the ability to just if they want to take over Ryan right now, they could. I mean, I hope they don't. I don't want them to, but they definitely, they don't need us reaching out to do that's, that, right? You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I have enough demons. I don't need any more. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I get what I get. What you're saying exactly and completely. And I mean, like I said, that's just for me. That's something to to think about on that end just because of we know that okay we know that these these fallen angels specifically they've been they've somehow been restrained and placed into this this abyss and yet we still have you know one of these fallen angels is said to be Azazel okay kind of the original if it, the depiction of horn god deity yet we know that there's horn god deities all throughout every culture we we talk about it on here all the time so that's the angle that that I'm and, and like I said I don't I don't I'm not claiming that any of this is 100% fact I've got it solved you know case closed just the thought process of you know, these things are restrained in the abyss for their crimes, yet they still have this entire um, hierarchy that is operating with and working for them. The way I look at it is like a, a mafia boss, okay? Mafia boss gets locked up, yet every time he picks up that phone, he can call a hit on whoever he wants to, wherever. That's kind of the way that that I'm looking at it. So. If there's these things restrained and imprisoned and have been for thousands of years, if if that's me, I'm, I'm probably trying to get out. I'm trying to get out however I can do that. That's my only line of thinking there is 
if we are reaching into other realms and other dimensions and opening portals, whether purposefully or accidentally, you know, whether we're doing that through technology or through magic or through ritual, however we're doing that through geomancy or through technomancy. I think I just made that up. It's pretty cool though. However that's going on, if I'm shut up, Lance, if I am imprisoned, I'm trying to get out. Sure. That's all that that's all I'm gonna say there. Because if I'm I can't go possess Ryan right now because prison. I may be able I may be able to say, hey, uh whoever, go get Ryan right now, you know, infest him, possess him, do whatever, and 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 call me back here in a little while and tell me how it goes. You know, I'll get a kick out of it because I ain't got nothing else to do down here in this dark abyss in chains. That's it. That's <laughs> yeah. He's gonna call and be like, "Get me out of here." <laughs> hey, I would be. I definitely would be. All right. Uh, but I. So let's say they're trying to. Um, open up other dimensions because there are theories out there that dark matters possibly the existence of other dimensions and let's just pretend for one moment i'll go a little crazy here and say those other dimensions exist and like all kinds of different like maybe there is a dimension where like marvel is real you know and there's all these people running around like Iron Man and Thors and Hulks. You know, that's just an example. I'm not saying that's what it is. <laughs> I'm just saying, you get what I'm saying. And then another one's Princess Ponyland, you know, what Riley would want to go there. That's, <laughs> I think that would be awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, there's theories out there for that. I mean, you know, there's, there's theories on everything and, and the possibilities of everything. If you believe, <coughs> if you believe in the possibilities of other dimensions or, you know, all these different things, God, I'd really love to talk about the new Dr. Strange movie right now, but I know you guys haven't seen it yet. No, and I don't want to spoil it, but my goodness, man, this hits so hard where we're at right now. Oh my gosh. You know, they could be thinking about the whole global warming deal and wanting to take the God particle and like start another little universe. Maybe there's a habitable planet on that. Yeah. Or global warming's not real. (laughs) Yeah. Or definitely that. (laughs) I'm just saying that's a theory. No, yeah, you're, I mean, yeah, I, I was just teasing. Um, yeah, maybe so. It's true. Global. Oh, global warming. No, I don't agree with global warming. Uh, and they can, that's why they call it climate change now. But um, climate change has been going on for a while. Yeah, it's, it's never changed. It's always changing. Yeah. We it's, wouldn't be at yeah. the end. We wouldn't be at the end of the ice age right now if it, it you know, that's, that's the grand example. There was an <laughs> ice age and now there's not. Yeah, that's. That's well, that's a, that's technically, another. I read this article the other day. It says we're still in the end of the first ice age. Hmm. Hmm. 
Take take that, Al Gore. So is it climate change melting the polar ice caps, or are we coming to the end of the ice age? <laughs> That's and a good then question. What comes, and then what comes after that? <laughs> we don't human. We've not been keeping up with the weather long enough to know. <laughs> right, I mean, it's true. It's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is totally true. I'm supposed to be moderating, and I took us way off course. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about ice ages now. Sorry, know, guys. Let's, let's, just, let's ask CERN. Yeah. Okay. So we went. Know. Okay. We went. Oh, they definitely know. Well, they think they know anyway. They'll throw a theory out there. Okay, so we've talked about the whole, uh, you know, portal, gateway, abyss, Abaddon, Polyon, and the quantum side of that. But I think a really important thing that Lance was talking about was they were the originators of the World Wide Web, the internet as we know it. So... I'm interested to see what Lance has to say based on that side of it. So the internet, even today, although in 2022 with the introduction of social media and then some of the censorship has been going on in social media as well. And just in general, I'm not talking right or wrong. That sure shouldn't happen. I'm not not getting political in any way. I'm just saying there's definitely an amount of censorship that's taking place in social media. I think we can all agree on that, right? Um, I think the internet, for the most part, though, with the exception of that, is still the wild, wild west. We're on here having a Zoom conversation about CERN, and it's totally okay that we're doing that, and we can put it out there for three people to listen to, those three people sitting in the Zoom call, and you know, on and on it goes, right? I think, though, the societal impact that the Internet has had, um, obviously, from 1989 or 1990, whatever it was, until now, I think we all can agree is it's, it's, we have watched the evolution of technology take place before our eyes, right? Evolution is take, we, we, we have watched that take place like right in front of us, over just in our, in our lifespan, right? And I think we're at a little different generation where we're at because we grew up kind of without it, right? We wasn't as easily as accessible as it is now. So we grew up kind of without it. We learned how to use it. And then it's kind of matured and grown as we have matured and grown. So we've kind of, we're in that, that little pocket of generations where we kind of still understand the world without the internet, but can appreciate the ease of the world with the internet. Make sense? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think we're, we can still get out and do some work. And, and don't mind hard labor and that kind of stuff, but and appreciate that, right? But also appreciate the fact that we can pull a YouTube video while we're trying to change the fan belt on a car, or you know, so we can find, we can get you know instead of trying to figure it out ourselves, right? Exactly. So I think that that societal impact that the internet has had, um, I think, as far as and again, I, this is a two point conversation i think from the moral standpoint internet has been bad overall because it has allowed greater access it allowed people to be um, has caused people to be less private right and to a certain degree privacy is good 
it is right. We, there's things that we don't need to share. Like, you know, I don't need to share what's going on in, in like my wife and I's bedroom, right? There's not something that needs to be shared out there. It's not right. The stuff that the kids do here at the house doesn't, you don't need to see every picture, everything that, everything that happens, right? We, we don't, right? So that has, I think caught and because of that, people have become more, um, confident sitting behind a screen to attack people and to be toxic and to say things that they would normally not say in, in face-to-face, right? So I think from a moral standpoint, right, that the internet has caused a, a pretty great decay. That's just me, okay? And maybe not. Now, just in the same vein, I could pop on to Omegle or any other service and could try to read the Bible to anybody around the world, right? So it's also allowed for a great awake or a great opening up and being able to share different avenues of faith, whatever course or creed that you kind of accept, right? So from that point, I think that when CERN invented the internet, right, I think that was a push um, from an evil entity right an evil idea that has allowed some things to creep into households that would not have creeped in there had it not been okay there's point one right on the other side of that um to the counter of that there has also allowed people like us who would not have had any idea what was going on at CERN to be able to read and understand at least to some degree what they're trying to do so it has increased our knowledge increased our wisdom, increased our um, access to information that has been very good for society as well. So it is very much two-edged sword, right? I think very much so. Um, and the fact that that came from CERN, right? And we're going to have a whole, we're having a whole podcast here of, I guess, what we think some of the eerie or maybe not so good things going on there. I don't think that was by accident. Right? I think that was very much pointed um, and orchestrated um, and very much, you know, the information and the knowledge of taking the different hyperlinks, essentially what this guy did, he took hyperlinks that they had, and he, he made the, the device field to kind of connect all those hyperlinks together, right? And that's essentially what the internet eventually, in a very, very small, simple, lamest term, kind of what it is. Now, that allows for what they're trying to do, especially the European Commission over there, they're trying to, they're building a a whole database over there, a whole system of computers that they can essentially globalize all of the information into one place. And that's not good either, right? Because you have access to all the data, access to all the stuff that we have, bank codes, social security numbers, all those different things. You have access, you have the access and you have the control. Um, so I think that back to the initial point, when CERN developed the internet, as awesome as it is, and it is, I'm not saying that it's, totally bad i'm just saying it's very much two-edged sword um because as much as there is good there's is equal and sometimes probably more so bad out there that like i've got two little girls at the house right that you know justin's got a teenage got teenagers now he is feeling the you know can see the dangers and the effects of what that can be same thing with ryan he's got kids that are a little older than mine kind of seeing the effects of what social media can can do or can potentially have it's what it's only going to be more accessible to, to, to my toddlers in 10, 12 years as well, which is more other outliers, more other th- in, you know, pressures that aren't good 
people who aren't good trying to get, you know, information or, or God forbid, anything else from, from our kids and our kids, kids and so on and so forth. Right. So I think that because of the access to potential uh, bad things, I think, again, you know, I've said this a couple of times now, but just to hammer my point home, I think the internet was developed at CERN purposely. I think it was intended to be a, a way in which allowed easier access to for the evil to get to the people. That makes sense. Is that clear? Clear as mud. Yeah. No. Yeah, it does make sense. I mean, I'm with you on a lot of those things. Um, you know, just talking about the societal standpoint of all that, like you said, you know, there's a lot of keyboard warriors out there now, you know, we're at a, in a day and age where you can sit behind a screen and say whatever you want to say. And there's absolutely no consequences for that. And if you do try to deliver some consequences, then guess what? You're in trouble. I mean, the days of being able to pull up on somebody and, and put them in check, it's totally out the window. It's totally out the window. And if the world was back to a time where if Lance says some stupid stuff about me and I don't like it, I'm pulling up on Lance and we're going to talk about it man to man. But now you can't do that anymore. You just do it behind a screen and you say whatever you want to. And there's a good chance you're probably never going to see them in real life if you don't want to. So, so yeah, I agree like with that. Old, I'm going to sound like an old man here, but it's it has allowed also to a, a lack for a better term, a pussification of people in general. <laughs> like you're absolutely right. It's okay to get made fun of. It's if you do or say something stupid, it's okay. To, it's it's good for you to get made fun of, right? It's good for you to get. No, you know, laugh that at was, yourself. Laugh at yourself, right? It's one of the best qualities that you can have is be able to see self-depreciating and laugh at yourself for being being an idiot. Yeah. I mean, it has to be that way. And that is a huge reason. And I'm with you, too, that I believe that there were, were parts of the Internet. Like, we all know that almost everything that you do online is being collected. That data is being collected. They're running simulations of you that they know exactly where you're going to be, what you're going to be doing. I mean, we've all sat down and, and thought about what we're going to search on Google and then the ads start popping up. I mean, they know everything about you and they know it because there, there's a reason you don't pay for Facebook. There's a reason you don't pay for Google. There's a reason you don't pay for any of these things, yet they're billion-dollar corporations. It's because they collect your data and they sell it. I mean, that's that's what it is. But along those very same lines, I think that I think that it kind of got away from. Them. I don't think that they anticipated. For the population out there to be able to take the Internet and use it back against them. I really don't. You yeah, know, something like said, WikiLeaks. To interrupt you. That's why I said that it's still the wild. I mean, it's still a wild, wild west. It, it really is. Yeah, there's yeah. they're trying they're trying to govern it. they're trying to censor it in a certain degree, but for the most part, was this this is this is the frontier here. I mean, it's just <laughs> this is the 1800s and headed out to the Oregon Trail to see if you can see the Pacific Ocean and just figuring out as you go. It's kind of what it's it's what it is. Yeah, you're absolutely right, man. You're absolutely right. <laughs> and like you were saying, I mean, there's there's so many pros and cons of it, you know, all the way around. I mean, I love I love being able to find out anything that I want to find out with a click of a button, you know, within a couple seconds, I can be learning whatever I'm trying to learn right there in that moment. 
at the same time, I don't feel like that humans are are built and equipped to get all the knowledge or, or all the information that we receive on a daily basis. I don't think that we're built for that. I don't think mentally, emotionally, spiritually, that that's good, the amount of information that we take in on a daily basis. And more along the lines of social media, because the majority of what you see out there, just like Lance was talking about, everybody puts out everything. I mean, there's no secrets anymore. You literally, you want to find out somebody, you don't have to call up anybody and do a background check anymore. You just go look at their Facebook page. You go check them out on Twitter. I mean, you can find out a lot about somebody just by checking them out on social media. And the majority of that is all negative. And you're scrolling through all, I mean, and you've had some people, and I catch myself, you know, I sit down, I start scrolling through, and then an hour and a half later, I realize, holy crap, I haven't done anything in an hour and a half, but sit here and read the same crap over and over and over and over. What, what am I doing? So you fall into these traps and you're, you're getting all this information, the most of it's negative, and it just, ah, man, it, that, that's the bad parts of it. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's absolutely wonderful parts, but man, there's some terrible parts. And fifty percent of the stuff that you see social media is not real, anyways, right? It's not true. Like it's yeah. the image of it's the you know, it's the what we want to portray to the, our followers, people who are friends with us or whatever. It's not really it's not real life. That's <laughs> not like we can put hashtag real life on there, but it's not. It's in, in no way is it. It's just what we want to portray and what we want to put out there. Which again is dangerous and can be dangerous, right? When you have 13-year-old girls who only see pictures of supermodels that are, you know, what they consider, what, what society considers to be the perfect image that then begins to plant seeds in to a perfectly fine, you know, healthy young lady that she's not, she's got problems and imperfections. And then that causes a whole host of problems. And it's the same thing for young boys, right? It's the same that they see what they this society tells us is the image of, of, of the perfect man. And then I don't look like that. And it begins to build all sorts of other problems that sometimes even as adults still haven't gotten over it yet. Right. I mean, so it's, it's, it's again, a two edged sword. Well, yeah. I mean, look at it from the pornography standpoint. I mean, it's, it's available with a click of a thumb. I mean, just boom, you can search up, all the weird crap you want to search up and you have an entire generation of, you know, kids, teenagers, young adults, you know, some young kids terribly that that's the idea that they're getting about sex, about relationships, about, you know, this is what it's supposed to look like. Like they're not having the conversations with, with their family, with their parents. They're not having these sit down talks. Like, you know, this is what, when I, when I gave my kids the talk, well, I gave Connor the talk. Monica handled this. I wasn't trying to go down that road. But I explained it to him. <laughs> I explained it to him in different categories. I really did, man. I explained it to him spiritually. Like, you know, Connor's been saved. He's been baptized. He's a follower of Christ. So he needs to know what that looks like. Okay? I explained it to him culturally. Like, this is what culture's saying. This is what you're going to see. This is what it's telling you to do. This is what it looks like. 
So, and biologically, of course, you know, this, this is what happens. This is what does what, you know, this goes here and this, this does this and this, you know, I had to explain that side. So just sitting down and having this conversation, even if he does dive into that, which he probably will, I think it's about 99.8% of, of teens do. I mean, I don't really know the stat. That's just what I'm throwing out. Hopefully, those conversations that we've had, he realizes, okay, this is this isn't real life. This is not the way that it works. You know, I'm I'm not going to be a pizza delivery guy and show up at some coog's front door and she's going <laughs> to she's going to answer in a bathrobe and this is what's going to happen because you know, real life, he's going to jail, right? So we have to have these conversations with our kids. <laughs> Wow, we went off on another weird tangent. This is, this show's good for that. Here we are, right back in Protestant camp. That was sex education, <laughs> folks. <laughs> uh, okay, Ryan, what do you think about what? What are your thoughts on the infrawebs? Sorry, folks. He just sneezed and muted as soon as I asked the question. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, I agree with everything you guys said. There's good and bad. There's good and bad to everything, you know. And no matter, no matter what, it's good to advance and evolve as, you know, beings on this planet. And I like new technology. I like these new discoveries and things like that. And just, you know, look at how fast it's going now. Like from the time we were horse and buggy into driving cars and now we're, we're in electric cars now, you know, we're, we're this close to being the jets, you know, and just look at how fast it goes, even with your mobile phones, you know, oh, here's the new iOS, whatever. And the day you buy it, they've got the banner up for the next upgrade. They've already got it in mass production. So it's, I like the advancement. I hope that uh, all this ties back to CERN and they actually did find other dimensions and that's where all this information is coming from. Well, that's an interesting kind of thought too, Brian. It's a pretty good segue, pretty good tie-in. Um, that if, I mean, if they have in fact tapped into another dimension, right? You know, there's a pretty good theory out there that when the aliens showed up at Roswell, 1947, that one of the things they did with the United States government was they offered technology, right, for us to give them a certain number of people to. <clears throat> study and use and you know we all both are aware of that theory right i'm not talking total crazy here at least no kind of what i'm talking about right yeah. um it's a pretty common ideology especially in, in these realms that we kind of delve into but think that the idea there that cern has at some point entered the dimension of super beings that are smarter than us and they have in turn given them certain technologies 
Uh, I think that's a legitimate possibility, right? I've said on this on the show before, and we're jokingly say that I think Elon Musk is an alien. I think he goes to Mars or wherever he goes and gets technology and comes back down here and spends 10 or 12 years and starts some company and makes a billion dollars and gives us some type of technology. It's like, all right, see you guys later. And go flies back up to his whatever he is, his alien safe house and spends three or four more years there and gets some more technology and gets bored there and comes back down and yeah, I jokingly say that, but it's at some time, maybe it's true. Right. And then is maybe that's how he moves is he uses CERN's portal theory and portal technology to get back and forth to his house on whatever planet he's on here on earth. But I think that's a pretty good theory and, and a legitimate possibility simply because it amazes me of all the technology we talk about, you just think about cell phones and the way those things have just become the device. And you remember the razors that we had. We thought it was the craziest, coolest thing ever. T9 text and back and forth for like $47 per text. And we thought it was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and how in just in 10 years, how quickly those things have essentially become more powerful than most computers, right? That technology, that increase has happened faster than any other type of technology ever in human history. Where did that come from? Like, how did that happen? Right? How did Steve Jobs have that ability to come up with the, all this kind of stuff? Like, maybe they tapped into something, they got some information. That's not possible. Hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. Especially on the Elon theory. He's definitely an alien. Dude's super <laughs> weird. I love some of the stuff that he says. He's so entertaining, but man, he's so weird. He married. We're never, like, we're never going to get him on here as a guest if you guys keep calling him. <laughs> Maybe that's where he makes his uh, big reveal. Maybe he comes on here and says, "You know what, guys, you're right." Which Actually, is like totally his face just like opens up. And yeah, like a little creature pops up like like on Men in Black, like on <laughs> Men in Black. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm with you. I think that's a, a big thing. You know, the whole Roswell thing that leads into you look, we'll look at CERN just a few years later. Yeah, that's it. It starts. That was a, a really interesting correlation there that, yeah, Area 51, the Roswell event. And it's not very long after that. Now you have CERN and you have this huge focus on technology and all these things have happened. And you can say, you can point all of them to CERN, right? I mean, you, when you talk about physics, physics or, creation of the universe or what we consider for us like the really smart people thinking right when I mean, you think about astrophysicists and those 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 are the smart people right they're, those aren't just the normal people those are super smart people we have such a focus on that for 80 years now 90 years whatever it's been 80 70 years that there's definitely there's correlation that does not always mean causation but there's definitely some things that line up there yeah definitely definitely well, something I like going on, you got something going on. You keep looking around. Something. I got a moth dive bomb in there, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a droid bot. That's not really a moth. CERN sent that directly to it's you. Silver eye particles again. They've they've mechanized them. You can't see it, but its eyes are glowing from the eye shine. It's crazy. <laughs> Damn it. Hey. That was sent directly from Point Pleasant. They got me, guys. <laughs> Speaking of, oh, well, stay seated. That thing will attack I thought, orifices. I thought stay he'd seated. be bigger. <laughs> we'll talk about that part later. 
Okay, so <clears throat> we've talked about a lot of different areas of CERN. We've talked a lot of different things. Um, you know, I said something earlier talking about – actually, I don't even remember exactly how I put it. I don't know. I don't remember how I put it. But anyway, looking at kind of the um, – more along the occult side of – you know, some of these things. I sent you guys a couple of videos the other day. Did you guys have a chance to to take a look at them? Yeah. The one where the found footage, whatever it was, that one you sent me, that one scared me. Yeah. That was creepy. Now, now you're, and that, that was the, the mock sacrifice. That right? was creepy. Yeah. So with that one, CERN did, you know, it, it blew up on the internet. That's another one of these areas where I, I say, when I say I think the internet got away from them, that's that's one of those things that I'm talking about. Um, I, I don't feel like that was supposed to have been videoed and released. And Ryan's just going to say, oh, it's a bunch of scientists just being playing a big, big practical joke, yada, yada, yada. I don't think that it was. Um, I think that, okay, in the video, for those of you, and you guys can search this up, you know, any of the audience out there that wants to, at CERN, at the headquarters there, in front of the – um, huge statue of Shiva there. You have these robed figures and they're doing this, this mock ritual child look like to me sacrifice. Okay. It was videoed. Um, you know, then it got released out there on the web and, and went crazy. went viral. Well, CERN did come out, done a PR stunt and that's exactly what they said. Oh, they were just, you know, it was a bunch of bored scientists that decided to play a practical joke. I think that's ridiculous. Um, on that side of it, I mean, I, I can think of a lot of. Everybody you know, when knows I was, physicists don't have senses of humor. <laughs> well, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that, but I'm thinking that at probably at a headquarters like CERN that has billions and billions and billions of dollars being funneled in there, they probably got a pretty sweet game room. Just saying. Like, I mean, I'm, thinking, probably, I'm thinking practical joke is like finger and zipper, not human <laughs> sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. Like who who decides, hey, we're going to play this super awesome practical joke, so we're going to fake kill this kid while we're all dressed in robes in front of this giant statue of the god of the underworld, world destroyer. Well, well I'll, I'll tell you. Because they've see, probably been on the World Wide Web and seen all the theories about CERN and all this put forth and been like, you know what? This is going to be awesome. I mean, there's the man. I don't, I don't totally disagree with that, Ryan. That, I mean, you got a bunch of super smart people. I would do that. Yeah, I mean, I can see like, <laughs> hey, let's just create this. Let's, let's really give them one, one, to, one to world here. I, mean, I don't, I hadn't thought well, about that, Ryan. That's a really good point. Um, I can see myself kind of even do, to that degree. Hey, let's just do this and maybe somebody will film it. And they created the internet. Don't tell me they're not in control of it too. They can have, <laughs> they can take down what they want to take down and release what they want to release. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just, I let's, about that, Ryan. that's a good point. Let's play devil's advocate here for a minute and think that, um, you know, these few people that are going to go out here and do this mock sacrifice value their jobs enough that they don't want to make a PR person for CERN have to come out and give a statement on this. Let's just, you know, play devil's advocate on that side of it. 
if you look at take Alistair Crowley and his practices and his teachings, if that's what you want to call them. Well, I mean, they are teachings. He's taught a lot of crazies, a lot of stuff. But with that whole thing, what Crowley would call that, any of these mock rituals or any of these things, he called a parody. And according to Crowley, a parody had just as much power as the real thing if the right intent was behind it. So just playing devil's advocate there, if you're looking on that side of it, if this was some form of parody, which either way it goes, it was super weird. Even as, yeah. if this was a gigantic practical joke, if I'm running a multi-billion, maybe trillion, I'm not really sure how much. If I'm running a organization or like CERN that has employees from over a hundred different countries, that's the smart that that has this reputation that I'm keeping up here. I'm finding out exactly who those people were, and they're not going to work as a no offense, Lance, but they're not going to be at work as a chemist, a high school chemistry teacher ever again. Like they're, they're done. You know, that that's it. So that's just from shit. that, well, I mean, look, man, if like, okay, here's the thing. CERN has been pretty open. Like they've, they've allowed public viewings. They've allowed people to come in and tour the place. They worked with the movie with uh, uh, Angels and Demons that was based on the Dan Brown novel. Um, they worked with you know that movie to come in and, and shoot some of the shots there, and that was based on the whole antimatter thing that they had found there. You know, fictionally, you know, they've been pretty open to the public and and to try to gain this reputation of. Hey, you know, we're we're totally transparent. We're doing all these different things. I'm thinking that if if you're going to take that stance here, you probably don't want somebody videoing a, a mock human sacrifice. I mean, that's just that's just my take on it. In in, the, in that kind of same vein, to add to this a little bit, we're, they have been very transparent. Totally agree. But what's the easiest way to hide some stuff that you don't want people to see? In plain sight, baby. So, I mean, you can call it transparency or you can just call it a really good illusion. Yeah. Kind of the same thing. So, I, the it's one a lot that, of hand. Yeah. The one that the video that I've seen that was more disturbing, for lack of a better word, was the hour long celebration when they opened the place up the well that was the gothard based tunnel okay. okay that that tunnel is right there it goes under like the french swiss border but it's it's directly like it's right there right outside of geneva right where cern is that okay, was and, more to me the symbolisms and things that were going on there i was like mm, this isn't good <laughs> It's just like, this is crazy. Like, I can't, and see, I can't imagine sitting in the crowd being like, oh, this is really cool. This is artsy farty. No, it was, it was weird. It was, it was super, it was super weird. And that's the way, and that's what I'm talking about. When I talk about, even if these people don't have this viewpoint, 
they're still basing a lot of their stuff, whatever they're doing there. You can go start tying it back to scripture. I mean, you have this cherub faced, uh, topless woman with angel wings and this giant, you know, cherub looking head or whatever. Well, flying around. When, you know, Ryan has stepped away for a second. We both know the best lie they've ever told is that he wasn't evil. Right. I mean, yeah. And you can get people to believe that number one, there is no God, right? There is no devil. You can get if I can if I can convince you of that, if I can convince you that there's nothing to fear, right? If I can convince you there is nothing there that's <laughs> bad, then you don't see, you have no perception of what really is evil, right? You just exactly. doing the evil without having perception of what evil is. And that was very much what that looked like to me. Well, dude, people it's had, people who had no they just thought it was normal because they had just got to the point to where it was like this is evil is just okay this is just how things should be this is just the way they should operate and that's what was i think this was well, so you know great. that's 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 the counter the counter that i've heard from that is is the the day they put that on and all kind of came together you know some of these european nations that's that's what it was oh well this is just art you know this is just this is the portrayal but dude you cannot watch that you cannot watch any parts of that and think oh this is just totally normal i mean yeah there have been some weird halftime shows yeah there have been some super weird like opening olympic ceremonies none of them none of them have even came close in my opinion to touching the overall symbolism occult symbolism that was in that opening ceremony of that tunnel. It, it's crazy, man. I mean, you have all these these workers dressed up in orange that are just marching around like zombie robots or whatever, and then you have three that fake die during the ceremony that were was a a, a reference to the nine that actually died during the building of the tunnel. You know, surprise, surprise. Um, you have, like I said, these these giant fallen angels, you know, floating down over top of these. Then you have a bunch of people rolling around in white underwear for a while. I don't know what all that was about. Then you have this goat man leading a procession. I don't think it's technically a goat there. It's whatever animal they have. One of those mountain goats, rams, whatever it is. But you have this figure. That's pretty much just leading the charge, you know, leading the march of all these, and people are just following him around like the Pied Piper. I mean, what is that? That's that's every version of of Pan or Cernunos that you've ever heard of. That's where I mean. There's so much symbolism in that. It, it's just, it's super weird, dude. It's super. Yeah, that weird. was that was the one I was just like, this is just like, even if I was trying to not. I'm, Let's watch this and let's try to not see any occult symbolism. Let's just let's just try to explain all of it away. And in forty five seconds, I was like, "No, nope, can't do it. <laughs> can't, can't do it. <laughs> you, it's impossible. It's impossible. Like I don't understand how anybody can watch that and be like, "Oh no, that's totally normal." <laughs> I'm not watching you ever run. Yes, I've seen some. That's. Uh, I don't know what they were doing. Either somebody was really creative, yeah. Which 
Well, another theory I'd like to throw out there involved in all this and the advancement of technology and everything. My favorite theory, Stone Ape theory. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> wow, we're talking about CERN. I know. I'm getting there. Give me a sec. All this ties in. Don't you act like I'm grasping the straws. All of y'all staring, throwing up. I was there. bringing everything together. I was tying it all up. I'm not saying anything. You say your piece, man. This is America, and this is still your show. Well, I'm just saying the development and of the human brain over the span of Neanderthal. Ryan, and not to stop you, Ryan, just, just full stop. I have no idea what Stone Ape Theory is. Oh, okay. So go back. To the early, say, Neanderthal era, that area, um, what was available on the plains and, you know, living in groups, but the most abundant mushrooms on the plains were the psilocybins that they would take as family units, you know, and this would happen over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of times, you know. Um, but in doing that, they're seeing, you know, the type of stuff you would see today doing that stuff. But that's kind of like opening their minds up. There, It's just like an overload of information. The human brain expands, develops super fast over that line of time, you know. And then look at us today. We're super fast. This all ties in to CERN by saying, you know, that's one of the theories that the human brain develops so quickly, that information coming in. But what if that's how whoever wanted to, the very first person that started CERN went into this because of having a psychedelic trip or anything and understanding then how to apply his physics to it and reach another dimension. And that was the goal the whole time. So CERN started on a DMT trip? Yeah. Essentially? Hmm. Maybe. 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 I'd never, we had mentioned Stone Egg Theory numerous times and I just, I I didn't know what it was. And I feel that was a good time for you to, Explain to me what that was. The stoned ape theory kind of takes that. It, it takes that divine spark uh, of evolution, you know, the belief in evolution to say, okay, well, we were just, you know, smashing rocks against, you know, caves and, and talking in grunts for, you know, however many years, you know, millions of years or whatever. And then just all of a sudden, six, eight, 10,000 years ago, we, had this advancement all of a sudden in, in writing and language and all of these different things. So it takes that, that over the course of a long period of time after all this psilocybin, you know, just enhancing and enhancing and enhancing so, and enhancing. Not to stop you, not to, again, I'm going to, just because I want to understand psilocybin would be the mushroom that was available to eat that they yes. didn't know was psychedelic. That's a psychedelic. They didn't know it was psychedelic, but they were ingesting just because there was nothing else there. And okay. All right. 
Yeah, yeah. Correct. I apologize for being illiterate on Stone Ape Theory. I just no, no. I, w- I wouldn't have known anything about it. Ryan was explaining it to me. I think he actually heard about it on Rogan, and then he yeah. was explaining it to me and showing me clips and stuff. <clears throat> so that's that's the only way I know about it. But that's the, that's where that theory kind of okay. comes about. And here here would be my question. Okay, here would be my question about any psychedelic or hallucinogen, you know, any kind of trip. When you do that, actually, is that opening up your pineal gland, your third eye, into allowing you to be able to see into another realm? another dimension, another whatever. Yeah, I think that activates the eye of Horus in your brain and allows you to look out into those other realms. Whoa, you just brought in the eye of Horus. Well, it's the same shape as the pineal gland, which is is. directly affected by DMTs. That's a whole nother episode. We could do just on the, on the pineal gland and the eye of Horus. Yeah, the Egyptians use the eye of Horus, and it's this exact same shape as the pineal gland. It's the same thing. It's on our currency, correct? It was based on the same thing. Yep. Yes. Which then leads you into right directly right back into the occult. Mm-hmm. Or directly back into it. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing in, in the occult, say in, you know, certain practices of, of, um, well, just like what I said in geomancy, let's take, let's take geomancy for, for instance, people through meditation and spells and, and up pulls and speak to entities in another realm. Right. So. If you have people that are saying they can do this by this practicing and opening up of their third eye, let's say the pineal gland is a, is a part of that. If you can do that here and you can do that through hallucinogens or psychedelics or, or whatever, that's, I mean, it's just, it's falling directly in line. That's for, and that's why I said, like I did our geomancy or, Technomancy or hallucinogen Nancy. I'm making your last chance, Nancy. Don't you call me Nancy? (laughs) 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 But you take any of those things, and for me, this is just me now. This is this is Justin's crazy corner. For me, that's saying, okay, there are entities out there that have given a lot of different routes and avenues to be able to communicate with them, contact them, speak with them. And here they are. You have all these options. You know, which route do you want to choose? I mean, that's just me. And it's in total. It's a total. uh, I don't know how to put it. It's a total detour away from. Well, I can't really say that. I don't know how to put that. I'll, I'll, I'll reserve that. But I think it's just crazy that 
you know, a lot of that can tie in together. And going back into the occult side of it, you know, I think that we've seen a lot of that around CERN as well with the whole opening of the the tunnel, you know, which the entrance is a portal, like we've talked about earlier. All the entrances to tunnels are portals. Uh, I tried to do the math on the tunnel too, and I didn't get anything there. So you guys can, I mean, you got me on that one. But uh, I think the tunnel, and here's what I was trying to say earlier. You know, even if CERN is not directly involved in a lot of these things or whatever, just in the same general vicinity all around Geneva, Switzerland, if, if you're talking about the weird, crazy occult symbolism of the opening ceremony of the Gothard-based tunnel, you're talking about the Temple to Apollo, you're talking about, you know, the statue of Shiva, you're talking about this mock ritual sacrifice, you talk about, you know, all, all these different things. There's just a whole lot there. And for every single thing, you get the same answer. Oh, well, it's just coincidence. Well, yeah, I mean, once or twice, a couple of things. Yeah, that that's possibly coincidence. But when there's a, a laundry list of things, I just have a hard time believing in, and writing off as total coincidence. All right, and let me stop you. We're an hour and 40 minutes into this, and people are listening to people that just love us. <laughs> but I, but I, but I told you earlier about my thoughts on CERN. There's 51% of what I believe. The other 49% of me thinks that um, I simply gave you the first 51% because I, it was a little different take on CERN than I think some people have, right? The other 49% of me thinks that CERN is purposely being used to manipulate people's, not people's, that's not a good term, purposely being used to manipulate scientific data and scientific processes to get us to the point to which we are back to the days of Noah. Um, we do know that in scripture that it tells us pretty plainly that once, you know, the gospel spread all throughout the world and it gets as bad as the days of Noah, that that's when Christ will return and the rapture will happen. And then revelation unfolds after that, right? Um, the 49% of me, right, thinks that this is not the majority. This is the minority of me thinks that that is, that organization is being used to accelerate uh, the days of Noah uh, around the world. Um, I'm not totally unconvinced that there is not dimensional uh, jumping going on at CERN as allowing them to talk to or communicate with whatever that is allowing them to manipulate genetics. Uh, in ways that we have never seen before. Um, I think that the increase of sightings of unusual things that has taken place, I think the increase of general public knowledge on things like UFOs or UAPs, I guess, other common. I think that all of those, I think that the reason that we are getting information about UA, UFOs is because they are getting closer and closer at CERN to figuring out how to do genetic manipulations on a scale that we haven't seen since pre-flood. Now, that's the minority, right? I, I still think that's a little crazy, but 
I think that there's too much symbolism in the things that operate and things that happen in and around CERN, um, that there is a cabal, a organization, a group of old fallen angels that are manipulating scientific discoveries that are being revealed to us so that what is not normal is being portrayed as being normal. I'd like to know why with, you know, everything they have brought us, you know, as far as advancements in technology, why they don't stay active for very long before they shut down and then I wonder what goes on there or what the process is. If it's just a funding thing, like I don't think it's funding. And I have a, I have a, you thought you, you say that and I've, I have, I've had the same thought, Ryan, um, why they are they open for three years and shut down for a while and open for six months and shut down for a while. Um, this is the 49% talking here. I'm sorry. Talking to myself is the minority and the majority. This is the minority Lance speaking. Uh, <laughs> I think that, the influence of power that they're getting is too much for them to handle. So they can only get it in doses. Much like, and again, much like when people revealed, like you just think of, I don't know, I think Stranger Things, right? It's hot right now. Um, I haven't watched all of it yet. It's fantastic. If you haven't watched it, the first two episodes I watched one night relate, didn't sleep well afterwards. Um, it's very, very good, but like, there's only so much of that power, right. That they can take. And then it has to stop for a while, right. We don't just see a constant. We don't see Vinsa or, or Vecna. We don't just see constant, you know, shadow flare, mind flares. We just don't see you right. If it was all the time, then it would just destroy those kids. That's why you see it coming in waves. I think I, that's again. This is a minority land speaking in, in in his theory on that. I think they just the people there can only handle so much that they have to pull back for a while, so they shut it down. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it may even be a it may even be a relation like on just the the world as it is. You know, because I think that one of the things that I was reading, it was a, a really interesting article uh, about CERN. It might have actually been from CERN is they were talking about gravity and how they have came to, to find out or realize or theorize that gravity was one of the weakest forms of um, however you want to put energy. And that the reason that they believe that that may be possible is they believe that gravity, you know, they're. They're actually searching for what they call a graviton, the particle graviton that they can. Well, I'll explain that in a second. They think that gravity may actually be leaking into another dimension. Okay, so if that was the case, they're trying to search for a graviton that if they could find these graviton particles and manipulate them in ways that they think that they could possibly deliver if they manipulate them in a certain way that they could create binary code from that, you know, just a a system of ones and zeros that they could send into this other dimension and communicate in another dimension by these graviton particles. 
which I thought was super interesting, crazy interesting. Yeah. But but what if it's something like that? You know, what if it's okay, well, we've already done these things and maybe we've caused gravity to start leaking into maybe we can measure that gravity is leaking into another dimension. Well, what if, you know, it's a constant running of this stuff? What if it goes to what Stephen Hawking said about CERN on his visit? Me and Ryan were talking about this earlier today. You know, Stephen Hawking said the particle known as Higgs boson has the worrisome feature that it could become unstable at extremely high energies and create a black hole that would collapse the universe. The legendary British physicist has warned in a new book titled Starmus. This could happen at any time and we wouldn't see it coming. So Stephen Hawking literally said in, in CERN doing what they're doing, there's the potential and the possibility of them creating a black hole and literally folding the universe in on itself. And we'd never see it coming. So if you're taking Stephen Hawking, who is a pretty smart guy, I mean. Yeah, he, he's pretty smart. Yeah, I mean, he's he's all right. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it, maybe it's something along those lines. Maybe they only can do it like, like exactly what Lance is saying. They can only do it in short bursts. But maybe it's because of the energy and, and the fields and you know, all this different stuff. We Well, we can't run it this long because, hey, we've already got gravity leaking into another dimension. You know, maybe that's why they're operating and trying to get into other dimensions. We want our gravity back. But I don't and know. particles too, like much like planets orbit the sun. You have like ours, for example, like we get to certain points in the sun in the orbit, and we have different times and different seasons and happen because of those rotational of, of the planet as well as the orbit. Particles work very much the same way. And maybe just because of the orbit where they're at, at the time, they can't get as much access to it. So they can't use, you know, I guess that's another possibility as well. Yeah. Yeah. And gosh, we really could. We could really honestly sit and talk about CERN for hours and hours and hours. There's just so much there. There's so much there. But like yeah, Lance really, said, we haven't really got even into like some of the actual moves, a little more like physics than we have talked cryogenics and. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a whole division of cryogenics that you're talking about. Cryogenics is kind of wild, and it's a, it's a wild science in its own right. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. There's there's plenty of interesting things going on there with cryogenics too. So yeah, man, there's so much magnetism. There's it's just it's just a ton of stuff. Yeah, I got an interesting story. I'll tell you guys later about that. About cryo. Yeah. You gonna freeze your head? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I guess uh, we should probably wrap this up. We've been going, like Lance said, an hour and forty minutes. I think that was like twenty minutes ago, ten minutes ago, <laughs> something like that. So we'll wrap it up here. Um, any last thoughts? Any last thoughts on CERN? Uh, stay tuned for part two and three and four and five. I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, eventually we'll split them up though. We won't, yeah. we won't, we won't go hard at you like two months in a row. 
but no, man, this is fun. It's been a lot of fun. And like I said, you know, I'm glad that I'm glad that we can have these conversations. And even when we differ on opinions, you know, I'm glad that we can talk it out. You know, nobody's fighting, nobody's screaming and arguing at each other. You know, we can come together and have a respectful conversation, which is the way that it should be. Folks, if you're listening out there and somebody has a different opinion than you, just agree okay. to disagree. It's, it's, okay. it's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. We all don't have to agree all the time. The world would be an entirely boring place if that was How place. boring would it no, be? That's a personal attack. <laughs> <laughs> Just it, It's fine. It's fine. Have intellectual conversation and debate. And at the end, if you know nothing happens, agree to disagree and hug. Walk away. It's fine. It's totally fine. And if you have never heard of CERN, and this is the first time you've even had any information i would suggest reading some of the stuff going on there um don't get bogged down by some of the scientific quantities and terms that may seem a little intimidating just don't worry they're not really that important to what's really kind of happening um it's just velocities and speeds and things nothing's really overall that important to what is actually taking place i would suggest take a second take some time and just read you're on the pooper instead of scrolling through twitter for 20 minutes take a look on what cern's going on what's going on at cern and just read some interesting information about a pretty wild organization pretty wild organization for sure yeah absolutely educate yourself educate yourself don't look don't take anything that we're saying on here as uh as total fact and and this is the gospel okay <laughs> i don't want I don't, I don't want anybody quoting me and, and dying on any hill that that we're speaking on here like i said earlier when we started this thing we just want to have the conversations okay and we want to have the conversations based on the research that we've done on these topics and if you're out there and you find them, find these topics interesting, look them up yourself. You may have a totally different theory. And if you do, get a hold of us because we want to have the conversations, even if it's totally opposite. You may open our minds to something that we've never even thought of. So in that instance, get a hold of us. Yeah. But guys, no more final thoughts. This has been fun. This has been a good one. I could talk about CERN all day, and I think uh, I think you guys could too. Maybe not Ryan. I don't know. Uh, I'm indifferent about it. <laughs> as 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 is most things with Ryan, except for Stone Ape Theory. Oh yeah, we're gonna have to do a full Stone Ape Theory episode. Just let Ryan go, get it all out. Stone Ape Theory and Charles Manson, and how that ties together. <laughs> The dust tie together, actually. <laughs> Psychedelics. <laughs> <laughs> you go strictly off the psychedelic part of it. Now let's do this. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us again this week. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it. We had a lot of fun. We hope you guys have fun listening. Until next time, we'll see y'all later. Mm-hmm.